You're listening to the Rantcast. We're back, baby. Hurrah. Hello and welcome back to the Rantcast. I'm your host, Will, and with me as always is... Stuart, motherfuckers! And joining us, uh, and slightly less insane, is... Bob. Bob, or as normal people would know him, Hugh. Uh, you're listening to our year-end roundup for 2010, a year when we recorded no less than two podcasts, but possibly more than that. I lost count because there were that few. Yeah, exactly. So, well, we're back, right at the end of the year. The Rankcast has restarted again, and we're recording. In other news, swine flu has developed, so pigs have sprouted wings and have been seen soaring across the horizon towards Atlantis, which has resurfaced as well. Oh, and apparently Lily Allen's releasing a metal album. Yeah. Welcome back to the Rankcast, people. Uh, you may be interested to know on how we're all doing since you last listened to us babble on. No, they really don't care. No, they really, no, they really don't. I live in the heart of Junkie Town in Wales now. So I'm just sort of like walking down the street and they say, Oh, Stuart Boyo, would you like to get munted? And I say, uh, okay, how much? And they say, oh, it's 25 quid an eighth. And then I ask them how much of that's VAT. And that was the story of my last trip to the dentist in which I got a pair of dentures. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, as ever. Um, right, so basically this show, uh, we're not sure how long it's going to run, but it could run hours because we've already been talking for two minutes and um we've actually not said anything yet um it's uh going to be our year-end roundup we're going to talk about the films the tv uh the video games and the albums that came out this year that we were interested in uh we would do comics but only i read comics um because the other two are normal air quotes um this is to say, less sadistic. Yeah, we're normal. We like to eat jelly. And we smoosh it all over our heads and everything. And we go outside and dance in the rain. Yay. Pig fuckers! Indeed, right. Well, we'll um, I think we'll, sh we'll start with... Um, doo -doo -doo, the year in... In... Something. Uh, something uh, in movies. Um, I think the collectively the first film we were all really interested in seeing this year uh, came out around my own huge birthdays, um, and that was Kick-Ass, uh, an adaptation of a comic um, that was a uh, very violent and fantastic really well uh, let's see what Stuart has to say 
the very first time I heard about Kick-Ass and what it was basically about, I was, like, dubious, because, like, superheroes, but they are real. And, but then, Will showed me the first trailer for it. And the first trailer includes, unless you didn't know by now, a nine-year-old girl that comes into a room and cuts someone's head off and says, All right, you cunts. Let's see what you got. It's a nine-year-old girl! Which immediately makes me cheer. Yeah, it was, it was alright. <laughs> yeah, this is, um... That, that's Hugh, who I don't know why he's in the room if he's not going to say anything. But, but um, we're not getting into that now. Um, but the um, the uh, sick little girl, well, I say sick little girl, the sick people who made the little girl say those things. Uh, the little girl, um, Chloe Moretz, um, was, uh, I'm going to say my favourite actress of the year. Um, not just for this, but she was also in uh, Let Me In, which came out um, just recently. Uh, a remake of the fantastic uh, Swedish, I think it's Swedish, uh, Swedish film uh, Let the Right One In, which is about vampires, and she plays a little girl who is a vampire. And it's messed up, messed up. But she's absolutely fantastic throughout, and it the, it boasts... I remember hearing somewhere, someone said to me, Oh, if you like Twilight, you love that. And it's like, well, no. This shits on Twilight because it's kids half the age of the kids in Twilight being twice as hardcore as the kids in Twilight. But then that's not hard because Twilight is geared at repressed children. Yeah, that's the thing, though. If these kids, who are half the ages of the people in Twilight, were doing all the stuff that we see in Twilight and were marketed because of the reason that the people are in Twilight, then anyone who watched it would be locked up. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, maybe it's time to mention Twilight, uh, which uh, Twilight the, the Twilight Saga Eclipse came out this year, the third film. Um, I thought it was better than the second one, which, of course, everyone knows is <laughs> one, one of the worst films ever made. Um, but then when the second one is one of the worst films ever made, uh, it's not that difficult to be better than it. But um, it was the best of the three. Um, Stuart's not seen it yet, and I haven't got hold of it yet to um, record a podcast on it, so I'm the only one who has a real definitive say on it. Uh, but let's see what Hugh thought of the book. What a load of shite. The wise words of Hugh there. Um, I did something important. Yes, yes, Hugh, you did something important. <laughs> <laughs> next, time, next time you do something important, maybe you should aim at the toilet. <laughs> yeah, aim at the toilet where you've shoved that fucking book. I haven't even read that book. What's it like? Um, a lot of teen angst and a lot of, oh, I love you, and, oh, I love you, but I love you more. Ah, I'm a werewolf. Ah, turn to a ball of fluff, you prick. A ball of fluff or a ball of CGI? Bit of both. Yeah, a bit of both. Cool. Why couldn't they CGI him so he could put some fucking clothes on already? Because that would be less interesting to horny tweens. Jacob, I love you. Jacob, I love you. Yeah, you know what I love? Ritual killing. 
and and fucking spousal abuse apparently if you've watched that film <laughs> broken relationships everywhere I've noticed something the Twilight films are about necrophilia and bestiality if you watch it like that it gets kind of good <laughs> Well, well, to be honest, admittedly, if you watch Toy Story 3, that's about prostitution. And, yeah, no, ter- seriously, you're looking at me weird, but uh, seriously, the toys arrive at the um, at the daycare centre, and it's basically kids coming in and playing with them, it, it, and, like, they get treated nice. It, it is like a brothel, and with pimps that give them, like, back massages and everything, that, that squid thing. Good point. <laughs> you're a sick fuck. <laughs> Right. Um, then, right. Uh, next up, uh, there's um, some joy to be had with uh, the great animated film How to Train Your Dragon, which um, is the first non-Pixar film that I've ever sat through and thought, "Damn, that was that was that was damn fine." Um, and the books themselves that they're based on are great. Um, it's one of those films that. I didn't think much of until I actually watched it. Uh, like the marketing for it was awful, but the film itself was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't think anyone else has seen it. Have you? Sort of. Uh, no, I didn't see it because I was swayed away by the marketing. It was the same reason why I didn't watch Ratatouille until this year because it's all all these fucking trailers going. If you watch a pirate movie, that's really bad. Oh, the sound will be terrible. Have you actually researched this and watched some pirate films? Because they're recorded with cameras, and now they look like... Well, they look, just look like normal DVDs. Pirate stuff, it's fun. Another great animated film this year uh, was Despicable Me, uh, which is um, the tale of a supervillain... Um, or no, a mad scientist. Uh, Megamind is the supervillain one, but... Um, I don't think any of us have seen Megamind. Um, Despicable Me uh, was about a mad scientist, and it shows that Steve Carell isn't washed up, even though The Office needs to die. Um, it was fun. It was silly. Um, one of the best things he's done in quite a few years, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah. Burp. Thank you for that input, Stuart. Um, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the film. What do you expect me to say? You just ignored me. I've seen it, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> what did you think of the film? Damn fine movie. Damn fine. Just like that cup of coffee I had. Yeah. Next up, we've got a film that Stuart has a lot to say about: Prince of Persia: The Sands oh. of Time, which is. I'm going to say this, and Stuart might disagree and say that another film we're going to talk about is the worst film of the year. But print and Stuart would be wrong, and 99% of the internet would disagree with him completely, and want to stone him to death. But um, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time was the worst film I saw this year, uh, worse than all the remakes and everything. It was basically taking something that I love and raping it to death in the arse with a sword. The problem with the studio that makes Pirates of the Caribbean. The main problem with that is it's a run around and look for things sort of sort of film that they make nowadays. They only make one sort of film. Prince of Persia, if you've ever played The Sands of Time, the game, it has a brilliant concept to it. The guy just wanders around loads of rooms and he has to like kill these sand zombies. It is about sand zombies. 
What's the film about? Um, it's about arms trafficking and regicide. What the fuck? We have thousands of things about that, mostly written by Shakespeare. But, like, arms trafficking and regicide, surely you could think of something else apart from there's a poisoned cloak that a king puts on. And, like, Gyllenhaal has absolutely no character to the prince at all. Basically, the one attempt that they make at giving this guy character is having him in a fist fight at the beginning of the film. Which is basically only there so all the little tweens in the audience can look. Oh, look, Jake Gyllenhaal, he has a chest. Wow. How amazing. But, Stuart, to be honest, I agree with Will, it is the worst film of this year. But, to be honest, if Disney get hold of a game, what are they going to do? They're going to do a Tron, they're going to make it shit. But Tron was filmed before it was a game, which is quite weird when you think about it. Speaking of Trod Legacy, um, <laughs> I, um, I I think I'm the only one of all three of us to see it. Am I right? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I hate the first Tron. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, and I know that there's lots of people who love it. But there's a reason that Disney have locked it away in their vault. Like they, they boast that they only bring films out for a certain amount of time. Tron has been in the vault for 25 years. Uh, that's the longest any film has ever been in the vault because they don't want to let it out. Um, and, yeah, I can see why you'd like it. I love Jeff Bridges, but even he can't save that film. Tron Legacy uh, was much better than the old one. It looked much nicer, but... It just seems like them trying to start another franchise like Pirates of the Caribbean where it can carry on. Because it's got one of those endings that's like, oh, but in two years you'll have the sequel. And it's like, it's not going to make enough money to warrant that. So it just hurts the film by making it seem like there's going to be another one. And there's not. Well, if there, we'll be waiting 25 years for that one. And it'll suck. But uh, th- it was it was entertaining. I might buy it on DVD. Uh, it's it's one of the, I'm considering it. It it was entertaining enough to warrant that. Well, obviously I've I've never seen the first Tron film and I've never played the game. Although it is wait, Hugh, did you say that the fir- the f- it was originally the f- the film was the original one? The video game is art. It's done in the style of a video game. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, uh, what the original Tron? It's sort of. The or- the original Tron came before any video game of Tron. Oh, oh right, so I was basically going to say, because we were looking through that um, PlayStation 2 magazine earlier, which had a review of Tron Legacy the game, which is like, you think, there's a Tron Legacy the game, so the original Tron was a film, and there was a game adaptation of that film, and then that game was made into another film, and then there was a video game made of that. It's multi-layered, but it's not clever. Yeah. Um... While we're on the topic of Disney, let's talk about Disney's other um, cluster fuck up this year, um, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, the Stuart doesn't like this because of Johnny Depp um, as the Mad Hatter, who was awful. But uh, I didn't like it because it was just one of the most boring films filled with nothing that I've ever seen. It was an insult to Lewis Carroll. Um, it's not a bad film by any stretch, it's just nothing happened. Well, stuff did happen. There, there was a cool cat thingy who flew around and stuff. I like the cat. 
Yeah, Stephen Fry's cat kind of saved that film, even though it didn't save it very well. It was still shit. That's the thing, though. After we've played American McGee's Alice, there's no, there's no really pat, there's no real patch on any other Alice tale that you can have. There's like American McGee's Alice, which we've seen the trailer for the new one now. It's like her mouth opening, loads of blood coming out of it. I'm expecting it going to be rated an 18, and it's about Alice meeting a load of creatures in a wood and cutting a clip off with a pair of scissors. Antichrist is awesome. I had to get a reference in somewhere. Yes, yes. Um, right, uh, next we'll finish up Disney um, with the uh, what is probably my film of the year. Um, and I'm not sure if you two would agree, but it is probably the best film of the year. Uh, Toy Story 3. Um, it's amazing to consider that I was four when the first Toy Story film came out. Um, and that now... They've managed. They've bought out. Yeah, it's the third one, but they've only got better. Many would argue that the second one isn't as good as the first one, um, which I suppose they're about the same in my estimations. But this blew them both away. It was a spectacular film. Uh, made me cry at least twice, and um, it just it was it was funny but it was dark in all the right places as well and it just it's a, a wonderful piece of filmmaking have to agree with every word there i mean i've, ne- I've never been a massive fan of toy story not to, not to the extent that loads of other people that i know were like queuing up on the first day on the first showing and everything well admit admittedly people our age who grew up with it who would want to see it would want to go before all the kids cuz then it would be like their creepy old people just stood around talking to the kids saying Oh, yeah, I remember when the first one came out, son. 1994 it was. Ah, them were the days. You only had one D then. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time that I was stood outside the cinema with my ear pressed up to the screen because I couldn't afford to go to the cinema. And I heard Woody talking something about his hat and, and I heard a dog barking as well. Ah, memories. It is a very, 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 very good film. Probably the best animated film of this year and um i like um my favorite bit of the film is sid's like little cameo teeny tiny thing because that's quite funny because that's pretty much what i'm like now but not a trash man so um so yeah so so what you're saying is that your abuse of your toys will lead to your psychological breakdown and draw you close to suicide and make your sister who you don't have um, (laughs) trying to kill you with her doll Uh, yeah right okay what what I meant was um, running around pretending to drum and things oh right innocent childhood things (laughs) was it really Sid though because in in the first I know he had the Punisher t-shirt and everything but like in the first film, he saw toys talking. That's not normal behaviour. <laughs> he would run out. He ran out and screamed that the toys were talking to him. Surely any concerned parent would put this child in a mental institution for uh, at least 20 years. Because I know I would. This is, these are the same parents who let him blow toys up and deform things and believed that he was a nice little boy. 
That's the thing, though. In the first film, I never got that. Andy and all his nice, happy little toys, they live in this massive suburban house that's, like, really nice and we're all happy and we're the perfect family and everything. But right across the street, there is this little slum where... <laughs> where Sid's parents are, like, they're nowhere, they're, like, in their room, fucked off their head on heroin or something, while Sid is, like playing doctor and taking toys apart and putting a baby's head on a weird spider thingy, which can which looks fucking dangerous as shit, that does. And, like, it's, it's across the fucking street! They let a ten-year-old buy fucking fireworks. That's the issue here. That really is. There are so many issues in Toy Story that you just think, what the fuck? This is kind of screwed up. That and the whole toys being prostitutes thing. Yeah, that too. Um, next up for this year... Oh, by the way, um, it was actually Sid. It's in the credits. Same voice and same... There's a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up... Yeah, next up we've got... Um, a comedy film that I imagine, again, only I have seen, uh, called Easy A. Uh, I only watched this because uh, Emma Stone is in it, and Emma Stone is going to be Gwen Stacy in the new Spider-Man film, and she's in Zombieland as well. Um, and uh, I, I'll just watch anything that she's in, because I just... It's not that I, I don't particularly find her attractive, it's just the fact that I find her entertaining. <laughs> is she the new Bonnie Wright, Will? She, just ha- she does have red hair, and Bonnie Wright is engaged. But, um... Watch, watching him try to keep a straight face while he's saying no, it's not It's not because I find her attractive or anything, it's because I think she's a very good actress. I find it funny as well that Stuart's doing the pinky thing when he's holding the microphone. He's like, posh holding onto the microphone. Well, I am posh. Now shut up, you fucking pauper. I think the real issue here is the fact that Hugh is trying to convey that to people listening to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think more is the issue that we've moved on from the fact that he wants to be a garbage man or something. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, Easy A, which is um, about a straight A student who lets uh, her friends... Who I'm not really sure what, what was going on, but um, she basically pretends to have sex with them so that they'll be elevated in class status at the school. Um... But obviously that makes everyone think that she's easy, eh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, a pun. Funny. A chicken and an egg. Um, a chicken and an egg in a pub car park. They've just had sex. Chicken says to the egg, well, now we know who came first. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick man. Um, next up is a film that Stuart put on this list, so I'll assume he's got something to say about it. Uh, the Wolfman. Um, I thought this was all right. Um, not the greatest film ever, but it was entertaining enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the greatest film ever. I'm just saying it's possibly after The Ring. It's the best horror remake I've seen because horror remakes are just—they're not cool. They're they're the specky geek of films. They're like sat at the back of the class going, I'm going to draw with my crayon. While Inception and that are sat at the front of the class going, Oh yes, I'm ever so clever. Teacher, teacher, have an apple. 
yeah, horror remakes aren't cool anymore. But Wolfman was it was well made. It was well it was well written, well made. It was well. I I, I mean I haven't seen Let Me In or anything like that. It's just I I just like. It was entertaining. What about you, Hugh? Did you see it? Don't be fucking stupid. That's a no, then. Um, <laughs> right, uh, on the subject of horror, um, also out this year was another film that Stuart put on the list, um, which deserved to die, the uh, awful remake A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which stands as the most bastardly cunt of a film ever made. Strong words, Will. The most bastardly cunt of a film ever made. That is true. So many things can go wrong with a film when you hire a guy that makes music videos to direct the entire film. What I would have done is hire this guy to direct five minutes of the film, because that's all he's ever had the experience of making before. It's basically dull porn. Dull, dark, dingy porn. That's alliteration, kids. Yeah, that that and if it is dull, dark, dingy porn, Freddy's a child molester here. That's kind of sick. You see, that that's the ruination of Freddy. I, I thought it was it was a bit stupid in the old ones that he was the son of a thousand maniacs or whatever it is. But um, but making him an and, and it's always been implied that there was something creepy about him before he was killed. But to turn him into a... Literally say it and show it, uh, you kind of distract him from any mystery and character there was. And then by making him a, a dark sadist rather than the fun-loving, like, comical villain that he was in the old films, you're just ruining the character. There's nothing worth watching about him in this. He's just the same as every other bland, uninteresting horror cliche. To be fair, in the old ones, he did kill children, Will. That's not really funny. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Robert Englund had that charm, and he became more of a comedy character as the series went on, becoming less and less scary and more and more ridiculous as the films went on. And that that was that was reason enough to watch those films, including the weird second one with the gay overtones that that didn't make any sense and had no place in that film. Yeah, well, the second one mostly sucked because they totally forgot that Freddy kills people in their dreams and people have to be asleep. The only explanation for the second one totally forgetting that rule that I that I can think of is that this is. The, the whole film we ha we, we don't even see the bit see how it starts or how it ends like the whole film is a kid's dream as he's wondering am I gay or not because you know there are obvious obvious hints I mean I know that I know that Freddy has never really been that serious as a villain because it, it, it just reminds me of the opening of number five where we see how Freddy became the son of a hundred maniacs. There are a mental asylum and there's loads of maniacs in a room just sort of wandering around going, uh, uh, I'm mental. And there's, a two, there's two attendants with bow ties and everything just going, one, two, three. Oh, what do you care? There's a hundred there. Let's go now. I'm <laughs> just like, what the fuck am I watching here? 
And I think that that's about as funny as it gets until, oh yeah, mutant baby fight. <laughs> yes, that's when the series died. Um, next up, we've got um, another horror film. Uh, the final, uh, hopefully final, instalment in the worst horror franchise of the last decade, um, Saw 3D, which, when coupled with shit like Paranormal Activity 2, uh, stands as one of the duo of clusterfuck horror films this year, uh, which were, if anything, slightly disturbing, but honestly incoherent, stupid and retardedly unfunny. Well, to be fair, it was funny, because it was so overbearingly ridiculous. I mean, like, when I went to see Saw 7, because I, I knew I would hate it. I knew I would be totally disappointed with the shambolic mess that has been going on a sl- slippery slope towards total shitdom since day two. I knew it would be shit. So I go to the attendant and I actually fucking made a complaint that he didn't warn me against going to see this film afterwards. I said, okay, can I have one for Saw, Saw 3D, please? And I said, you should be asking people are you sure when they ask for that? And he said, well, you could go see Despicable Me instead. That's much better. Wish I did. To be honest, with Saw, I'd rather watch another bullshit horror film called um, the Last Exorcism, because I really fucking hope that's the last one, because it's shit. The the thing that I pointed out to you when you said that, and you obviously ignored me because you like to do that, uh, The Last Exorcism has nothing to do with The Exorcist. The Last Exorcism is a completely different thing. It's just the same sort of story, but done differently. The, the ones that aren't part of The Exorcist series with the exception of the first one. Um, well, the, the, well, if you look, the, you've got The Exorcist, which is great, then all the sequels, which are shit, and then all the films with exorcism in the title that aren't anything to do with that series. All, the ones, all of those ones are pretty good. It's just there's so many of them. There's at least one every year, which sort of detracts. But having watched most of them, um, including the last exorcism, um, they're all pretty entertaining. If if not fantastic, they they do have some sort of redeeming features. I'm sorry for commenting. I I'm, I don't use I'm not I'm never going to apologise again. But I'm sorry for that. Um, I I'm I'm really really sorry. <laughs> We also apologise to all garbage men out there. Reach for the stars. You can rise above this slum filled with old nappies and other shit. And now, here is Will. Hello. Uh, (laughs) How are you? Um, Next up, we've got... uh, Well, let's... Shall we continue... Continue on the horror-y sort of route. Um, the first true sequel to Predator came out. Um, Predators. Uh, let's ignore that Predator 2 was ever filmed, because this is taking the alien kind of thing of taking a horror film and turning it into an action film. Um, and it does it 
just as well as Aliens did to Alien. Um, it's superior to the original and to the sequel. Uh, it's great fun. Um, not the best film ever, but then Predator was pretty crap, so it's to be expected. But this sort of elevates it to the status of the Alien franchise, which has always beaten back the Predator as the superior horror series. Yeah, that is true. I do want to. I do want to see Predators because it does at least look good. It's just I've been put off the whole Alien and Predator franchises because of Alien versus Predator, which feels like it was written by a retarded three-year-old who goes, "Let's all put them in Antarctica," and smashes the keyboard with his own head. Um. Um. Can I? I've I've not um seen Predator. I have. Uh, no, I'm not apologising. I'm never apologising again, because that, that, that kind of took my soul. Fucking garbage, man. Yeah, but basically, um, I, I've never seen... Uh, garbage man, can Because he's Homer Simpson, man. Yeah, um, I've never seen Predator. I've watched bits of Alien and Aliens and the other ones. I don't know what they're called. What are they called, Will? What, a- Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, or Alien Cubed, uh, and Alien Resurrection. Thank you. And... Hugh, they're right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm blind! Why is it called Alien Cube? There wasn't a cube in it. Good point. I think it's because the 3 is... Um, in maths is cube. Duh. Again, you're making hand signals. No one can see you. You just made a hand signal, Will. You do know that, right? Now, okay. We... <laughs> I'm making hand signals, by the way. I'm board- boarding you all back. I'm Gandalf with my staff. Oh, right. Will is making hand signals at me. I, th- I think we should do a semaphore version of this podcast. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like... some. Sometimes I feel like I've been buried. Hey, we should talk about that. Oh, what a great segue! You totally didn't get that I was indicating to Stuart that you should start talking about buried. <laughs> that was quite humorous, that was. <laughs> yeah, Will just kept on going, buried, buried, buried. Whispering to me quite loudly, just so you can't hear. So, Buried. The best film of the year, in my opinion. Will it work when I buy it on DVD, inevitably? No, it fucking won't. Because the point of Buried is that you feel like you're in a box with that guy. The only way that Buried works, if you go and see it in the cinema, on your own. No one else in the cinema. It makes you feel like you're in a fucking box with this guy. I mean, it's 90 minutes in a box. That's all it is. It's It's very fucking cheap. And, like, there's only one person on screen, Ryan Reynolds, in the first good film he's ever been in, ever. Um, and, like, it, it just blew my fucking mind. It, not, not, many, not many films make you connect with a character so well, but obviously you're gonna, because he's the only one on screen. Admit, admittedly, though, I can't say, this film made me think, and, like, I'm an intellectual and everything, and I can enjoy this film so much better than you intellectually, because I was stupid enough to think that this was Danny Boyle's new film, 127 Hours, right until I got into the cinema and saw the opening credits that didn't conclude the word Danny Boyle, and I thought, hang on a minute. 
I did enjoy the film, though. Best film of the year, in my opinion. It was one of those great underdog films. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds giving his only good performance outside of Adventureland, which was a subpar performance. Ryan Reynolds is one of those actors who I really like, but he's never in anything good, um, which is always a shame, because Blade Trinity's shit, X-Men Origins is shit, Green Lantern looks shit, Deadpool is going to be shit. Oh, wait, was he the one in Blade Trinity that we kept on um, mimicking uh, for weeks afterwards? Oh, fuck me sideways. Yes. <laughs> fuck me sideways. Someone should write a film called Fuck Me Sideways. I'm not going to conclude with that bit, but yeah, Fuck Me Sideways. Yeah, um, the un... Buried was an underdog. Um, like one of those films that you didn't expect to be good, but was really good. Uh, another one of those was Winter's Bone, uh, which, when I saw it, the poster, I was just like, oh, that looks like Dreamcatcher. I hate Dreamcatcher. Uh, and then I saw the trailer and thought, oh, that looks kind of interesting. I hate kind of interesting. Um, and then I saw it and I was like, wow, that was pretty good. I hate pretty good. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was, um, it's, it's a great film. It's not really, it, it, it's, some of it's quite frightening and tense, but it's not as graphic as most films. It's, um, it, it's, it's, Absolutely fantastic, though. And if, um, if, uh, what's her name? Um, I'm forgetting the actress's name now. Um, the, the lead actress whose name has completely gone from my head. Um, if she, or Jennifer Lawrence, I think that's it. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. If, uh, she doesn't get nominated, at least nominated for an Academy Award, then it is a fucking crime. I can't say anything about it because I didn't even know it existed until Will just said its name. I'd heard about it. I didn't hear about it. Will, you are a smart guy. <laughs> You're not a smart guy. Stuart, get a haircut. Yeah, anyway. um, Next up, we've got the three films that... Oh, no, the four films that were the same film released this year. Um, you, we had the quadruple clusterfuck of action that was The A-Team, very good. The Expendables, very gory. Red, very old. <laughs> <laughs> and The Losers, very awesome. Uh, all four of them are great films. Um, the, A yeah, the A-Team's probably the best one, uh, if I was giving them um, scores, which we're not doing really in this, um, it would sort of it would go um, the eighteen, then the losers, then red, then the Expendables. The Expendables was great, but it was just one of those films that's trying to be gory for gory's sake. Whereas things like the losers were silly, and knew it was being silly. Uh, the A-Team was very silly and knew it was being very silly. And Red was very silly, but probably didn't think it was being very silly. Um, but they were all great, and uh, all of them were supported by great casts. I just I, I liked Red just for the fact that you got to see Dame Helen Mirren with a bolt gun. 
You clearly yeah. haven't seen Prime Suspect where she gets raped. I don't want to see her get raped, thank you. I'd rather see the bolt gun. This woman paid the queen, damn it. <laughs> True. Someone should write a film where the queen goes ape shit with a machete or something. I would definitely pay to see that. Main, mainly because Prince William is one of my main phobias. You just, you just imagine that it, it's like it's like with spiders at night crawling on your skin, but it goes, "Hey, what, what's the guys?" Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you just used Prince Charles, Prince Philip, and Prince Harry in an insult at Prince William. You clearly don't know your princes. Jesus Christ. Does it fucking matter? When the royal wedding got announced, my main reaction was, so? People get married every day. But they're not royalty. The last time it was this big was when Diana was around, and everybody loved Diana, um, unless they were Satanists. Um, or you. Um... <laughs> Satanists, um, and um, the whole point is, we get a bank holiday. Wow. Incidentally, I might as well tell this story here, even we have a link. Um, the day Diana died, um, I was seven years old, and I used to go downstairs in the mornings at weekends to watch cartoons because I didn't have Cartoon Network. I was a sheltered child. Um, yeah, I went. I always went downstairs to watch cartoons, and then I came and I turned the TV on and found that all there was, all there was, was all this news footage of like people stood near an ambulance and a bridge and things like that. And like, I was like, oh, what, what the hell's all this? And I turned the TV off and went upstairs, and my parents were just getting up, and they were like, oh, what are you doing? Why aren't you watching cartoons? And I said, oh, well, there's no cartoons today because some woman's died. I could tell you where I was when Diana died. We're kind of going off track here, but I don't give two shits. Um, I was playing Sonic 3D when it happened. It was really weird. I'm like, it was 1997. How old was I? I was little. Let's just put it at that. Yeah, I, I can't remember where I was, but she died. Um, and it's yeah. over it already. Well, no, I, 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 I love Diana and everything, but the fact is that... Um, why are we talking about this? Um, this has nothing to do with anything. Um, on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see what I did there? See what the power of the laptop and the microphone is? Segway. Segway. Um, there were a couple more comedy films this year that we should talk about. Um, both of which were good, but not great. Um, uh, the Other Guys, which is a parody of action films, which felt like an American version of Hot Fuzz, but really wasn't as great as Hot Fuzz, but then... Hot Fuzz was amazing. Um, and Get Him to the Greek, which is uh, Russell Brand's first starring role in America, um, which surprisingly is the first time I've not hated Russell Brand in a film. Um, probably because he's complimented by a great supporting cast and some brilliantly written jokes, and he doesn't do anything so mental that you think, what a twat. Danny Mary Katy Perry. You bastard. He kissed a girl and he liked it. That was so obvious. 
How about I just kiss your belly button? Uh, that's not my belly button. I didn't say stop. <laughs> we are lecherous old men. Just you. Well, Trey. <sighs> what are you wearing? Uh, also this year we saw the... Um, um, well, I suppose it's a comedy. Um, Tamara Drew, which is um, the film. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't utter wank, actually. It was. Um, it's just about this. It, it's. It's. Ba- oh, yeah. Uh, it's basically a love story about this girl going home and also it. It's. It was nice. It wasn't exactly the best film, and it's not really you, Hughes or Stewart's type of film, but it was really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was um, entertaining enough. Um, as well as that, we've got um, The American, which I don't think you've seen, have you, Stuart? Random George Clooney thriller? No. Yeah, well, for a random George Clooney thriller, it was really, really entertaining. It's, um, again, not the best thing ever filmed, but decent enough. And um, Four Lions, which I know that you want to see. We won't say much about that, but it's one of the most surprising films of the year. Uh, and Stuart really wants to see it, so I'm not going to spoil anything that happens. Good, you better fucking not. I do like Chris Morris, though. Admittedly, all I've seen of Chris Morris is the Brass Eye special, Pedo Geddon. <laughs> Fucking love that. Right, um, TV now, and 2010 has been chock full of great TV shows. We're going to be a bit quicker with this, with the next couple. Of um, we won't take up too much of your precious time. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be a bit quicker with the next two sections because obviously we've taken an hour to talk about films. But um, uh, first up for TV, Ashes to Ashes finished this year. Um, best finale of the year, I think. Yes. Yes, it was. That was my comment on Ashes to Ashes. Quite possibly. was absolutely incredible. Yes, it was. We watched it over tea and scones. We watched it in the conservatory. I think we're all united in our love of that show. And uh, it came to a decent ending. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we're a bit divided on Lost. Fuck that shitty show and it's fucking, fucking bo- bollocky, wanky shit, not explaining everything that they said they fucking would. They fucking, fucking, fucking fuck. Drop Lost after... <laughs> can't speak. Drop Lost after series one. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I know quite a few people who preferred the ending of Lost to Ashes to Ashes. It's exactly the bloody same. I know. Uh, My problem with it is it's a non-ending. The problem with Lost is that they love creating questions, but they don't like answering them because they've got no fucking clue how to do it. Oh, it was space aliens. Oh, it's hell. These are all obvious conclusions. Oh, the island is a cork and all the DVDs are behind you, Stuart. Right. So, so you two have decided that one comment means as many as I want, then. Sorry, next one. 
Next up is Merlin. This has been the best series of Merlin. It got hardcore Arthurian this year. Um, That's some hardcore chainmail. Yes. Uh, I know that Stuart doesn't watch it. Um, I don't know if you watched it. I watched the first two episodes and the finale. It was all right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The finale was the best part. Uh, meanwhile, Channel 4 decided to uh, gang rape us with their awful show, The Event, uh, which is an American show, but Channel 4 showed it over here. Uh, one of the, that, th- this was the equivalent to me of making a show to try and be like Lost, which Lost didn't try to be like Lost. Lost just became like Lost. Because it lost us. Yes. While The Event just started off trying to give us as many questions in the first episode as they possibly could and then not well it it didn't even really it, it was it's weird i'm not sure if they i don't think they're doing a second series but it was really bad what was the event by the way i couldn't even tell you it was that fucking awful to be honest, you've pretty much just spoken about everything I watched on television. I didn't watch the event. I don't even know what the hell it was. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, House continued to be good this year. Uh, the last series wrapped up and House got uh, got together with Cuddy at last, which had been the big thing going through the show so far. And um, it wrapped up with... Uh, or the, the new series started and with ha- the change in House's life. And it started to get a little bit eerie and creepy. You're not quite sure if you're meant to like House anymore or not. It's getting a bit strange. Um, as well as that, uh, we had True Blood, uh, which this year um, managed to be absolutely awful and feature one of the weirdest sex scenes I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, the weird one of the weirdest sex scenes you've ever screen, seen on screen. When you saw it, you tried to tell me, Stuart, you should see True Blood. It's so overbearingly violent and weird and fucked up. And then I showed you Antichrist. To be honest, Hollywood, like television-wise, now television and films—they're just trying to ram vampires down your throat too much. To be honest, vampires get ratings to be honest we're using the word to be honest too much but no I think if you two sat down and watched it you'd really enjoy True Blood it's not your typical vampire thing and yet it's not so out there that it's ridiculous Uh, meanwhile a great show that was unfortunately cancelled after one series Rubicon which is the American equivalent of Spooks all the background spy stuff um, ended because Americans are idiots and can't tolerate things that are intelligent, uh, which was a shame. Uh, we also got um, a new series of Dexter, which I haven't been watching, but Stuart's been watching the earlier ones, and uh, he can give a very, very brief review of that. Um, okay, basically, um, if I were to sum up Dexter and retell the entire plot of the first two series using cuddly talking animals, Dexter would be played by a snake, probably, because he's, like, devious, but you, you appreciate his character, and, um, and 
Deb would also be another snake, because they have a very weird relationship, Dexter and his sister Deb. It's almost like, it's almost like they want to fuck each other, but they don't. And of course, Dokes is tailing these two snakes, so he's the mongoose. Um, well, he's tailing one snake. Um, and uh, Maria is the kind, understanding one who um, sits in the office, but is also fucking someone else, so she's also devious as well. Uh, so I'd probably cast her as a moose. Um, uh, I think that's it for main characters. Oh, apart from Angel. Oh no, a- Angel's the moose. Um, Maria, I'd probably cast. Um, I'd probably cast a duckling as her. She does look a lot younger than she apparently is. Um, yes, it's a very good series, and that was a very weird analogy. <laughs> moose. Indeed. Um, also this year, we've had, uh, a new series of Smallville. The last series, uh, after a few years of it being absolutely shit, it's got, um, progressively better, uh, and the end of last series was absolutely fantastic. It was as good as the finales of, or or the main arcs of series one, two, and three. But then it's sort of coasting at the moment they're bringing in lots of classic characters from the comics which is good for me but then they're not using them properly which is really annoying me um so yes yeah, Smallville's becoming a bit of a um uh, of an oddity and uh in the new series of sons of anarchy uh they all went to prison uh which means that the next series will be interesting and fun just a quick question about smallville is he superman yet uh, he has the costume sitting in his apartment. Oh, no, it's not in his apartment. It's in the Fortress of Solitude. He's got it sitting there. He's just waiting to be... Re- or he He's on the path. He, that will be the last shot of the series, him being Superman for the first time. They've already said that. Very stunted growth, isn't he? Emotionally, I mean. I mean, like, how old is he now? Well, he's actually older than the actor who played Superman as an adult in the last film. Um, and to be fair, it, it worked. It, it, it's been on too long, but I don't care because at the moment it's got really good again. So it's entertaining. Um, now, uh, a quick one from me. Uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes started, and it's basically uh, the Marvel equivalent of Justice League. Uh, you've had the story arcs spread through five, six episodes of unrelated stuff, and then it's all, and then it all comes to a head in like every six or so episodes. And it's um, it's very smart, but it's also got kid-friendly animation, and it's just a fun time. Um, next up, and I'll let Stuart speak about this, uh, Futurama is back on our screens after a very, very long wait. Thank you so much. This is the problem. Why is it that so many very good creative types, like Matt Groening, he's a, he's a fucking genius, that man. Why is it that so many creative types are, have the tendency to hand their creations over to Fox? a company that is becoming synonymous with axing good shows before their time. For example, I mean, look at Joss Whedon. He handed Dollhouse to Fox. What happened to that? 
the pilot got shown as the finale and nothing got explained. But Futurama is now on the Comedy Central channel, which will not axe it. Well, all they've commissioned them for is 26 episodes and we've got no idea whether they're going to keep going. But fortunately, the first 13 that we've seen have been fucking incredible. And if you're not watching it, then burn in hell with other robots. I did enjoy um, the episode with um, Zap. Like the episode just focuses on Zap and his relation, his relationship with inverted commas with Leela. Well, you didn't like the bit at the end with the spaceship that kept censoring people, forced them to fuck in the Garden of Eden, and Leela's reaction to this was basically like, "No, I've got to get home. I've got something to tape off the telly." That was quite funny. Um, meanwhile, back to more serious things. Um, Spooks came back with a new series. Um, better than the last couple, but still not great. Uh, but it's le- it's built up a lot of tension for what will be the final series next year. Um, then we also had... Uh, I'll just go through things that only I watched so that we can get to things we can all talk about. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. I've never watched Grey's Anatomy until this year. Um, but when you have a finale that is basically a mad gunman going into a hospital and murdering all the characters the producers don't like anymore, um, it intrigues me, and it made me go back and take a look at some older episodes. And, um, yeah, it's it's a decent show. It's It feels like a comic book retcon, which is obviously something I find interesting. Um, and then also this year, we had... Um, Downton Abbey and Upstairs Downstairs both of which period pieces Upstairs Downstairs follows on from the classic series uh, which was fantastic Uh, Downton Abbey was a bit better than the new Upstairs Downstairs but they were both equally fantastic Um, and now on to a little bit of comedy with Stuart and Miranda I get such a sexual thrill from watching this show. <laughs> oh, just ki- just kidding. But it's it's a cute show. I mean, it's not clever in the slightest, but it made me laugh because Miranda just represents everything that TV isn't at the moment. It's it's the polar opposite of Skins, really. Like, I mean, I don't like Skins because of the whole overbearing sexuality of it, which I just think is a bit too. Is it, it comes on a bit too strong, like characters greeting each other by rubbing each other's private parts. Instead, Miranda's like, well, guess what? Um, Harry said he wanted to have tag. <laughs> it's it's a funny show, and I really enjoy it. And she's funny looking as well, which makes it even ten times funnier. Fuck you, Miranda's hot. Says you. I, I, I'm going to point out a flaw with you, Hugh. Miranda is hot. <laughs> I'm not apologising again. I'm not apologising again. I'm not apologising again. I'm not apologising again. Would you like to see some pictures I took from some CCTV outside our house? <laughs> w- would you mind? <laughs> I haven't gone that far, Will. No, neither have I, really. Um, speaking of those other shows you mentioned, um, Skins and Misfits, we've got a new series of each. Um... 
skins this was the worst series of skins and from the looks of the trailer for the new for the next series and the american series both of which start in january uh it's not going to get any better it's, in fact it's going to get much worse uh misfits meanwhile started out bad but got pretty good towards the end but there are so many plot holes and the characters are so unlikable it's just getting to the point now where i don't care that's the reason why I hate the social network and that I hate skins, because if the characters are this unlikable, I really don't give a flying fuck what happens to them. It's like, it's like they're such dicks. It gives you a real pessimistic view of mankind. Like, I mean, it's just so sad to think that, like, these are these people are on television and they're just acting like dicks. I mean, and there's no and there's no one to root for at all. I mean, why would What's going to make me want to keep watching it? Is there anything? Not really. It's interesting to see some of them. There's one with a guy whose power is basically that um, his brain has turned a switch that's convinced him that the world is a video game. And he's trying to complete it. And it's like GTA. He goes after people shooting them and saying, where's my money? And then it shows an interface where he's driving around where he's got the little map in the corner and the little gun in the corner and the money and the wanted rating and that was quite funny but other than that it's just been standard fair really um a weaker version of the early days of heroes and even that wasn't perfect um also this year we've had luther which is Probably the most grisly program I've watched this year, alongside Thorn, which is uh, one of Hugh's favourite shows of the year. Luther was my was one of mine, and I watched all of Luther, and Hugh watched all of Thorn, uh, and they're both very similar and very graphic. Um, Th- Luther was great, and Hugh can tell you a little bit about Thorn. Thorn is based on the books by um, Mark Billingham. It's like Sleepyhead and Scaredy Cat were the two books adapted. And they were much better than Luther. I'm just saying. Did you watch all of Luther? I dropped it after the first episode. Well, there's your your issue then. Because the the first episode was alright. The second episode was alright. And episode three through whatever, however long it ran, were fantastic, except for the last one. It had a bit of a fumbly end. And to be honest, um, Thorn's cliffhanger for the first episode was awesome. He gets the crap beaten out of him, and he gets drugged. Oh no, the hero has been attacked at the end of the first episode. How will he get out of this one? It's not as if he has five more episodes left to go. Technically, it's three, because it's like two seasons put together. Can I just say that you two have such murderous stares at each other as you sort of fight over which is the better drama show? Thorn, Luther, Thorn. Well, I think that this, and well, I think that that! Stuart, shut up. Just because I want to kill him doesn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, exactly. It's like a standoff in a John Woo film. Who's John Woo? Exactly. Um, next up, we got Breaking Bad, which was more dramatic fun. This was the... W- I'm going to be honest, this was the weakest series out of all of them so far. It's just getting old really quickly at the moment. 
uh, or so it seemed, and then the last few episodes managed to redeem it perfectly. Um, the two, or one of the best new series of the year has been Boardwalk Empire, which is taking The Sopranos pl- place as um, the crime drama to watch. It's basically The Sopranos. It's set in the same place as The Sopranos. It's The Sopranos, but in the 19... It was during Prohibition, so in the 1930s. Uh, and that's been really good. Um, it's got Steve Buscemi in it and um, the Scottish girl from uh, Trainspotting. And um, there were a lot of Scottish girls in Trainspotting. What am I talking about? Um, she. It's a film set in Scotland, Will. Yeah, um, she's the... Uh, the Llewellyn Moss's wife in um, No Country for Old Men. So you and McGregor. You and McGregor's a man. So you and McGregor. <laughs> Such fun. Anyway, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is Terriers, a new series which has been absolutely fantastic. It's about two PIs on a sunny beach uh, in the sunny beach community investigating and getting involved in all these conspiracies and everything. It's been a great show. Uh, the first series, was every episode was the best thing I watched that week. Uh, unfortunately, FX didn't see it that way because they're short-sighted and they've cancelled it. Like, But like all good things, at least I'll have one series to watch again and again. Uh, then we had something which I think he watched the first episode of and me and Stuart managed to get through all of. Uh, the amazing, the grizzly, the Walking Dead. Uh, this was one of the best mini series of the year, and we're getting a full series next year, which just fills me with joy. Yeah! Hugh will not want the microphone now because I've just eaten it. Uh. <laughs> that rustling was me cleaning the mic. Um. Yeah, I watched the first episode. I'm still waiting on the rest of them, have them recorded. And I'm looking forward to it. And I watched about the first half an hour of the finale. And I was um, kind of confused. How did he get out of the tank? And don't tell me. I'm going to find out how he gets out of the tank myself. <laughs> yeah. How did he get out of that cliffhanger from the first episode? I know he does now. Um, what's he going to do with that grenade he picked up? I mean, it's not like it's going to come back and be a major plot device in the final episode. Oh, wait. Um, uh, wait, and then um, also from AMC this year, we had um, the fourth series of Mad Men, uh, which has been fantastic, uh, much better than the third series, which was only really good because of the last couple of episodes. Um, it's been all character stuff. The, d- the finale was really depressing. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but uh, I think Don Draper's lost his mind, and John Hamm is the best actor on television at the moment, playing the insane and um, brilliant Don Draper, uh, one of the scariest men, men working on, uh, I think it's Madison Avenue they work on. Yeah, that would make sense. Mad Men, Madison Avenue, yeah. Right, um... Next up, we've got a program that we all watched and we all loved, Sherlock. Um, basically adapting old old stories from Arthur Conan Doyle uh, into a modern setting. Uh, we had one involving a murder mystery, uh, another involving some smuggling and mysteriousness, and a murder mystery. 
and another one involving uh, a terrorist that turned out to be Moriarty, uh, which was uh, the most controversial moment of the year when he turned out to be Graham Norton, um, which fuels uh, Stephen Moffat's grudge from the next programme and the last programme we're going to talk about, Doctor Who. Uh, this is the best year of Doctor Who we have had since, I know Stuart's going to say, he really enjoyed the last year of Sylvester McCoy's, and he's enjoyed quite a lot of the new series. But this is the best year of Doctor Who we've had since series 14 with Tom Baker. No, all I was going to say is that we've kind of already done this series of Doctor Who to death. Long live Stephen Moffat. Yes, and the audio commentary on um, the box set where he basically disses Russell T. Davis for 45 minutes was absolutely brilliant. Uh, what did you think of Sherlock and Doctor Who? Oh man, this is my Stuart Griffin impression, but oh man, that was god damn amazing. I absolutely loved every moment of it. Apart from the second episode of Sherlock, that did drag on a bit. And I didn't like the ending of Sherlock. Oh, I did like the ending, I just didn't like Moriarty. Pissed me off quite a bit. But yeah, I did enjoy it. It was very, 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 very good! Doctor Who was amazing. Amy Pond is fit. And I think Stuart wants the microphone. And I'm not going to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah, well, hopefully Series 6 will be just as good. Especially in the first episode, which I managed to steal a copy of, by the way, in which Amy Pond gets fanny crabs. <laughs> Doctor, I have fanny crabs. <laughs> well, let's look inside it, shall we? Leave my wife alone, Doctor. Oh, Rory, nobody likes you. You've got a big nose. <laughs> um, I don't know why we're playing um, Matt Smith as uh, William Hartnell, but... Uh, right, next up, we've got... What you need is a jolly good smack bottom. Indeed. Right, ne- right, now let's talk a bit about video games. Literally, one of us is going to say something about each video game. Uh, FIFA 11... Uh, a great football game. Again. Uh, again, better than it was last year. Uh, Madden 11. Ah! Saints are on the cover, therefore good. Indeed. Lego Harry Potter was a lot of fun. Um, one of the better Lego games. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 4. <laughs> I've waited sick, I've waited my entire life for this game. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. It's cool. It's like an arcade game and the beat 'em up and stuff. Uh, Epic Mickey, which was a redefinition of Mickey Mouse. Um, Alan Wake. Why did the PS3 version get cancelled? I have had no confirmation as to why it got cancelled. I just know that I hate whoever cancelled it. Um, Bioshock 2. Yeah, 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 completed the first one in a week. Bought the second one today. Let's see if I can do it. Thumbs up. Um, God of War 3, a great fighting game, um, as is Street Super Street Fighter 4. Uh, uh, while Halo Reach was the worst game of the year, uh, despite looking really epic, it was really shitty. Um, Rock Band 3. Oh, I was just going to say about Halo. 
Let me know if you you played Halo, it's such a good play game, even though there are much better ones out there, play good games. And that is why Stuart isn't allowed to touch the microphone. Um, Rock Band 3. You get to play Doohast on a keyboard. Yay! Uh, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. It's a Guitar Hero game. See above. Guitar Hero Van Halen. Angry Birds, the most addictive game I've ever played. Uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I've never played it. It's got to be better than the first one, which was kind of stayed. Uh, Sonic Colors. Wii is better than DS, as proven by this game. It's basically just Sonic Unleashed. The running sections. None of that werehog shit here, please. Um... Mass Effect 2 uh, was a sci-fi epic, uh, a great fun to play. Um, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. You see, this is the hole in this whole thing that you're doing right here now, where one comment from each person. I have never played Silent Hill Shattered Memories and have never seen any footage from it. You were meant to just say something about Silent Hill, you mob. It's a Silent Hill game. Play it. Okay, because he can't do it. It's basically just a reimagining of the first game with no weapons, and it's for the Wii, so you use the Wii remote as a torch, and it's goddamn eerie, and very, very cold and icy. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns uh, is absolutely amazing. Uh, Metroid Other M looks... Looks amazing. Have I played it yet? No. No, but you don't play games because you're a whore. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Gonna be honest, I love the Kingdom Hearts games. It's not amazing. It's just Cinderella, really. Um, Super Mario Galaxy 2. It's me, Mario, doing a very good game again. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, absolutely great fun. Not as good as Modern Warfare 2, but it certainly has the best story out of any COD game. Uh, Red Dead Redemption was the best gaming experience I've had this year. Um, a free roaming western that actually works, it's great. And last but not least, Heavy Rain. Will, um, could you kindly click on the iPad and listen to the message? Click. You have five minutes to cut off the end of one of your fingers in front of the camera. The utensils are in the room. Oh, it's a sick and fucking twisted game. Why do you need to cut off one of your fingers? Because otherwise they won't give you the information to find your son. You could just pretend that you've cut it off. I mean, anyone can bend your finger. No. Plus, the camera can see you. It's a two-way camera, but you can't see the other person on the other side. Coming blood. Anyway, let's continue. Well, that's it for video games. So, now for our last bit of today. Uh, we've been talking for an hour and a half now, so if you've not killed yourself by now, then I'll... We've clearly not been doing our jobs. Um, we're going to talk about music. Uh, I'm going to kick us off. Um, 
Forgiveness Rock Record by Broken Social Scene, uh, a band I discovered thanks to the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Um, their album uh, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, they're a very unique and weird band, um, but all their music is reasonably good. Uh, now Stuart's going to talk about Fever by Bullet For My Valentine. The problem with Bullet For My Valentine is that they are pussy metal. To define pussy metal, you need to search for two different meanings. Pussy. Weak. Uh, well, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the definition of pussy, which is just a weak person. Metal. Heavy music. <laughs> the problem is they're trying to do sex music. But really, because like, the, tit- the title track on Fever... It opens with this absolutely fucking brilliant riff, which goes... And then when we get to the breakdown bit, you've suddenly got Matt Tuck saying in a rather lecherous way, You smell so fucking good, down on your knees. Kick off those high heel shoes, rip off all your clothes. You smell so fucking good, make me lose control. It just makes me cringe every time I hear it. I just think, I was quite enjoying this song, but you've kind of ruined it now. If you're gonna do sex music, don't be thra- don't be a thrash metal band. Good point. Uh, Flamingo by Brandon Flowers. The Killers frontman's debut solo album is basically what the rest of what the other two Killers albums should have been. It's I love the Killers, um, but this this is basically taking. Hot Fuzz, or Hot Fuss, I can't pronounce it, it's probably Hot, hot Fuzz, but um, it's like taking Hot Fuss and changing it, and making it slightly better, unlike Sam's Town, which was just awful. Day and Age nearly got there, but yeah, Flamingo, if, if you got Hot Fuss, you get Flamingo. Uh, Volume 2 by She and Him uh, was another great set of songs. Um, It's uh, a a unique and pared down style of music and um, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, Telephantasm by Soundgarden. I like the fact that Soundgarden have got back together. I I do. I really, really like it. That's basically all I have to say, really. I want to see them live. Please come over here. I want to see you. Corn uh, 3, Remember Who You Are by Corn. Right. Um, I was never a Corn fan. I did like Freak on a Leash. I did like Word Up. And those were the two songs I knew. Then I got... Then I borrowed the album off of Stuart and just listened to it and... Fucking hell. That is awesome. And the oh the first single was really good as well. Let your let the guilt go is re, is an awesome song. It was an awesome riff and a somewhat disturbing music video. It reminds me of the fourth kind, but yeah, it's really, 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 really good album. Um so much so that I actually went out and bought the greatest hits because I really can't be bothered to buy Corn One and Corn Two. Uh, American Six Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash, uh, which is um, the f- apparently the final recordings of Johnny Cash, the last ones they've got. 
uh, which I don't believe for a minute. But this, if this is his final album, uh, it's a very, very, very powerful and amazing piece of music. Uh, next is The World Is Yours by Motorhead. Oh, God, I love Motorhead. I didn't realise it until I saw them live and them debuting the first couple of tracks from their album, like Get Back In Line and Born To Die and stuff like that. And I get it recently, and it's just it's just fucking good rock music. That's all. That's all you really want from Motorhead. I mean... I know that you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, but Motorhead do, and it sounds awesome. Yay. Thank you, Lemmy, for being good. Um, Plastic Beach by the Gorillas. Uh, I love the Gorillas. First album is amazing. Um, Demon Days was alright. Plastic Beach... Not that good in my like mindset. Like, I want them to do something. The first single they released was pretty bad. Second one was kind of better, but I've heard other songs off it, and it's just it sounds all the same to me. But yeah, worth a listen though. Yeah. Um. Next up is Brothers by Black Cle- by Black Keys by the Black Keys. Uh, it's basically what the White Stripes wish they were, uh, which is good blues music. It's decent and guitar-y and sounds wonderful. Uh, next up is Absolute Descent by Killing Joke. I love this band. I I mean, I didn't like them at all when I saw them at Sonosphere, because me and and Will thought they were really underwhelming, but they're one of few bands that over the 25 years or so that they've been together, they sound totally contemporary. I mean, you listen to Absolute Descent, there's bits of everything. It's totally representative of every modern music scene. I just wonder how the hell they managed to do that, especially given it's like their 13th album or something. Fucking awesome. Indeed. Uh, next up, uh, Light Me Up by The Pretty Reckless. Uh, heard their music on the Kick-Ass soundtrack. And, um, yeah, it, um, it's great. Uh, next up is the Scott Pilgrim vs. The World soundtrack. Or as I like to call it, Beck, the comeback album. Um, it's alright. I especially like the songs which aren't by Beck. Beck does do some pretty good songs, like um, the um, Garbage Truck. Yeah, we're back on Garbage. Yeah, Garbage Truck and um, other songs on it. Um, Black Sheep's really good song, not to be confused with the song from another film soundtrack. But yeah, it's a fairly good soundtrack. I enjoyed it. Beck's voice does get a tad irritating after a while, though. Yep. Um, the, next up, we've got AB3 by Alterbridge. Alterbridge, a band forever to be known as Creed, but without the twat. It's strange to know how the only thing wrong with Creed was the front man. It's weird, because it's weepy, whiny, weird, stupid, 
fucking shit radio rock, but listen to AB3 and it's like suddenly there's massive heavy guitars and Miles Kennedy, who isn't really a metal singer, but like it just it just works, really dark lyrics and like he's a fucking great singer as well. Fuck Creed. I love Alterbridge though. Uh, Omen by Soulfly. I only have one complaint with this album. Why put the Chaos AD song in it? But other than that, it is absolutely incredible. Max Cavalera at his best, getting very thrashy, and especially with an opening song on an album on this album, um, Blood Bath and Beyond, and other stuff, and some of the other songs are really good. I just don't remember what they're called because. I'm too busy headbanging. I can't be bothered looking at my iPod while I'm headbanging with my very short hair. Fear me. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Not as good as um, the their first album, Soulfly's first album, but it is pretty, pretty good. And, um, yeah. So I'm at Summersphere as well. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, two quick ones. Uh, the Betrayed by the Lost Prophets. Uh, this was their best album in quite a while, but uh, it's still not great. Um, back at the start of the year, it was amazing, but looking back on it, I can't remember more than one track, so it can't have been that amazing. And Heligoland by Massive Attack, which uh, was one of the most uniquely fantastic albums of the year. Uh, next up, we have. Diamond Eyes by the Deftones. A band who I had never got into before, but apparently have a lot of fans. Well, I'm sure they have a lot of fans because they probably do. But I just I, I've never been into them before. But when I when I first decided to listen to it, because uh, I was doing my own radio show and was running out of things to talk about by the third weekend because I'm lazy. But like. It's it's got so much atmosphere to it. I mean, I like I like I like songs with a sort of creepy vibe to them. And stuff like Diamond Eyes and Risk definitely do, as well as stu- as well as more thrashy stuff like Rocket Skates, which is fucking epic as shit. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about it. My favourite album of the year, definitely. Uh, Audio Secrecy by Stone Sour. Stone Sour are back to a. I've gone back to basics. My voice went really weird there. I only just noticed that. Uh, do you like disco? With myself. <laughs> I like beer as well. But yeah, um, it's a really good album with um, songs like Say You'll Haunt Me, which um, I think personally it's him singing about Paul Gray. That might just be me. But that's what I think it's about, and to be fair, I think the whole album is just him going, yeah, I'm still doing Slipknot, but I want to do some depressing stuff first. It's good album. Um, not as good as Come Whatever May, um, but better than their first album, which I forget the name of. Stone Sour. That one. <laughs> yeah, uh, next up is My Best Friend Is You by Kate Nash. 
really, really underwhelming compared to her first album. She's just gone from being a decent songwriter to someone to someone churning out poppy tunes. She's turning into Lily Allen, which is what I used to say she wasn't. But uh, anyway, uh, next up is Order of the Black by Black Label Society. Woo. That is all I have to say about that. And Drowning Pool by Drowning Pool. I like this singer. He's better than the second singer. Um, Well, anyone's better than the second singer. But he's not as good as the first singer. Sinner is a great album. This is a great album, in fact. And I have gone into a relevant accent. And I think I'm going to stop. Got drowning pool. Wise words there from Hugh. Uh, Next up is uh, Head First by Goldfrapp. Uh, A decent record, but really not up to much compared to uh, her previous work. It's fun enough. Uh, And now Scream by Ozzy Osbourne. Let me hear you scream. The only thing about the Ozzy Osbourne album was... It was good, yeah, but... It was more on the fact, based on the fact that, wow, it's not bad. Uh, I really think that a Black Sabbath reunion would work. I mean, if they come back for one last hurrah, that'd be fucking awesome. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne's great and everything as he is, because he's like he's a person rather than a brand name. I mean, the well, I mean, the only problem with it for me was that he did reality TV, which just showed how screwed up he was and how. Even though people say, ooh, Sharon Osbourne's ruined him. No, Ozzy Osbourne needs Sharon Osbourne. He is a fucking wreck, that man. Uh, Next up is Growing Pains by Dinosaur Pile Up, uh, which is a great album from a band who I'd never really heard of before. They gave away one of their songs free as an iTunes single of the week. Um, Absolutely fantastic. It made me buy the whole album, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, next up is Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold and due to in- poor calculations we're, we're letting the person who hates it the most review it <laughs> you bastards why did you steal Portnoy from me no in all seriousness there are some good songs on it I say some I mean Nightmare, and that's it. I'm not a fan of Avenged Sevenfold. Almost Easy is pretty much the best thing they've done. And my voice is probably going to get pretty loud. I apologise. But yeah, I hate it. And Stuart, you're exempt from this. Bugger off. No, I was just going to say, this This episode can pretty much be summed up as the episode where Hugh apologised for everything that he's ever done, ever. Yeah, pretty much. No, Hugh, you can't have the microphone again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He apologises for whipping out his penis, uh, which we both agreed was very, very small. Um, Right. Uh, Now... A double dose of indie from me. Uh, Transference by Spoon was a great album, a great addition to their catalogue. 
while the suburbs by Arcade Fire was heralded by all the magazines and critics as the album of the year. It wasn't. It was good, but it wasn't. Uh, and next up we have what I would consider to be one of the three best albums of the year, Band of Joy by Robert Plant. have to agree with you there. The only problem is I can't encourage people to buy the album. However brilliant it is, I can't encourage people to buy it because it would put off a Led Zeppelin reunion, which could happen while they're all still alive. It's just Plant won't do it because he's now into bluegrass rather than full-on heavy rock and roll. Robert, you're a brilliant man, and your album is fucking incredible, but I hate you. Please reform Led Zeppelin. God. And last but not least, I think this is... Were we to have a collective album of the year, it would be this one. The Final Frontier by Iron Maiden, and we're going to let Hugh tell you about that. Yes. Well, I didn't like Iron Maiden when um, I heard about this album. But going to see them live and just hearing them do El Dorado and stuff, I... We, me and Will kind of got every single album and we got that pretty much on the day it came out and I listened to it and my god it is absolutely fan-fucking-tastic British metal at its best A pity Dio didn't see this. But yeah, it was fucking amazing. And I think Stuart wants to have a little microphone, ginda ganda, thingy-majiggy, wishy-washy, timey-wimey <laughs> thing on the microphone. What's happened to you recently, Hugh? Have you gone... Have you lost your accent somewhere? Have you been talking to some weird people? It might be the drugs. No, in all seriousness, um... I'm recovering from an acting role I just did. <laughs> I feel like a mad hazard. We should buy you some crack to make you calm down. But then I think gonna beat my baby. Yes, a dingo would eat your baby. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the end of the show. That's a two-hour epic. Uh, talking about everything uh, we rounded up the year. Uh, if you had to rate 2010 out of 10, what would you give it, Stuart? Um, um, well, I wouldn't really rate it in terms of entertainment, because in terms of entertainment, it's been as good as ever, but it's been a bit of a dreary year. We've had too much snow, and people have been saying weird things, and like, and... You know, people don't really take any interest anymore, like, because, like, I wanted a car for Christmas, and, like, I didn't get one, like, like, yeah. And, like, um, people don't really pay attention to me anymore, because I'm, like, just sort of sat in a corner, like, like, well, it's not, like, my problem that I like to eat babies and crack their heads open and drink on the goo inside, and, like, I keep on... Yeah, because I keep on, like, Emerson... I hate MS having MSN as a homepage because it keeps on recommending me alien documentaries. And I keep on compulsively watching them. 
So now, for some reason, whenever I'm in a situation where I'm talking to a person and I don't quite know what to say next, I just start quoting facts at them about UFOs. Did you know that Nazis invented UFOs? And that they were in contact with aliens and that the government have taken loads of Nazi scientists on so they can make more UFOs and back, engi- and back engineer loads of crashed ones so that they can make a space army fleet that they can bring in aliens that have landed on the moon and hollowed it out and made a massive base in there and that there's absolute actual proof of this and there's no hole in that conspiracy theory at all. And, and then people will just walk away and think I'm a freak and I go back into the corner again. We don't think you're a freak. We know you're a freak. But, uh, no, that's been uh, the rank cast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, I'm Will. I'm Stuart. And he's a cunt. (laughs) Actually, my name is Dick Funny Fuckface. I.E. Janine. I.E. Bob... I.E. Stuart, I.E. Randcast creator, Muhari, haha, fuck you all, I.E. Hugh. To be honest though, Hugh, even though you hated Johnny Depp's performance as the Mad Hatter, you are doing a Mad Hatter like Johnny Depp in that your accent changes every few seconds. Shut the fuck up! A company that is becoming synonymous with axing good shows before their time.